Welcome to episode 25 of the Permaculture Pimpcast. The only podcast, or rather pimpcast out there on the planet, but the only one <laughs> where we talk about permaculture, preparedness, and practical living. How you doing, son? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm Billy. I'm William. And we are a father-son team dropping it down, y'all. So it's good to be, it's good to be back. Um, it's good to get away also. Um um yeah we went to the back to the land festival down in nunley tennessee yeah well actually we stayed in nunley but it was actually oh. in closer to centerville i think okay um who, who even knows over there i oh mean there, it, there's goodness. not a direct way okay we live in the mountains so we know that you have to go roundabout ways sometimes but there isn't a single direct route anywhere over there i kind of like that i kind of like that everything is a big u-turn <laughs> all right y'all tip of the day replace your shoestrings with 550 cord okay i've been doing that for years and years and years y'all all the way back until i mean since i mean good night i can't even remember how long i've been doing it forever in a day but there's a new product out there and we came across it when william and i were heading out to the uh, self-reliance festival we came across it at uh where was, was it? it duluth I, I think, think it was, it was Duluth, Duluth. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we, we stopped in, uh, where was that, in uh, Knoxville? Yeah, Knoxville. Yep, we did, y'all, we did a lot of driving, and we're still catching up just to turn back around and do it all, all yep. over again. <laughs> People um, were asking us if we're just going to stay in Tennessee for the whole week. Yeah, well, you know, it's a wonderful place, wonderful people, but yeah. no, it didn't work out for us, but made a lot of awesome people. But check it out, when you're replacing your shoestrings, um, they got a new product out there, and... Well, it's actually an advancement on the newer product. Now, they came up with this stuff called Fire Cord, where it had a little bit of tinder inside the monofilament. And the new stuff they got out, and I haven't tried it yet. Uh, man, it's well, got it's, Fire Cord. It's got fishing line. It's got uh, a snare wire, too, which makes me wonder, how do you singe it? Yeah. that. Well, I think you just would singe the outer jacket of it. And it okay. would probably hold it all in there. Huh. So I'm curious. I'm going to start experimenting with this stuff. But um, I really, I've been wanting some of that fire cord for years now. They had it, and then you couldn't find it. And then uh, there was a guy I actually bought some from, lived back in Kansas. And I never did get it from him, come to think of it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to replace my shoestrings with some of that cord. And, in fact, I'm going to be doing some videos in the future on some we're going to start covering a little bit more bushcraft. And because my speciality, everybody has one. Um, mine, when it comes to that realm, is really knots, rigging, and coming up with some pretty cool stuff that I think you're going to dig. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to start doing some cool stuff over here. Yeah, and we, we've been doing it for a long time. It just didn't make any sense. Now, the podcast, we could talk pretty much about anything, but also on the YouTube channel, it was more geared towards... Uh, well, homesteading, permaculture design, stuff like that. Even on a rare occasion, we might throw some survival stuff in there, you know, how to feed yourself for a long time. But now we're going to start kicking it in and we're going to keep doing the same stuff, but we're also going to throw in some preparedness. stuff. Well, I think we also need to start viewing it as our channel instead of a uh, homesteading channel. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like, it's not just 
is our channel. I'm still trying we to upload adjust videos to yeah. of stuff that we do and how we do it instead of just strictly like homesteading and with the interviews and stuff like that, it's branching out into other topics and stuff. No, I think you're right, son. I, I, it's hard to get my head around it because everybody has a genre in which they fit. Yeah, right. and to a certain extent, you kind of need that. Otherwise, people yeah. don't know what they're tuning into. Right. But I mean, in this podcast, we can cover it all. We can say anything we want for the most part, at least so far. And um, permaculture is a big umbrella, Dad. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And hey, before I forget, y'all, remember check us out on that fountain app. Tip a pimp. People are using the hashtag. <laughs> Man, we might have to make a shirt on that one, y'all. Yeah. So check us out over there. It's pretty cool, but no matter you can't the podcast. Make that is shirt. <laughs> well, I can't wear it at any of these festivals we're going to. I could wear it at Self Reliant. Tip your local pimp. Yeah, well, it, it'll have to be a joke that certain people get, and I know right. we're going to talk about it later. That'll be your calling card, like the like SOE's got one, Living Free's got one. Yeah, dude, Tip I really ought to put that on there. Card. Yeah, dude, I, you know what? I bet I could stand on, in the middle of Asheville. Dude, I almost, dude, I can't believe I'm about to say this. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I'm thinking I ought to do it. I had this idea for the longest time, waiting at some of the off-ramps like some of the homeless guys do. And raising a bunch of money for vets for child rescue and holding up some ridiculous signs. <laughs> but I wonder if I'd make that one of them tip a pimp. Yeah, or you know, it's hard out here for a pimp. Man, that would be a pretty good that would be a pretty good gag and then give all the money to vets for child rescue or or maybe bear independent over there with what he's doing. Um, You'd probably get the most money if you did it's hard out here for a pimp. Man, I mean, yeah. I, I honestly believe if you can make people laugh at these things, mm -hmm. I bet you'd make ten times I ought to get a, a regular sign like everybody else. And I'm not making fun of these people, y'all. I'm really not. I'm just, I, there's this social, a list of social experiments that I want to do. And I'm thinking I better do them while I still have the chance. And that's one of them. You do that one on like uh, one side of town and I'll go on the other side of town and do one saying BLM and Antifa burned down my business. Oh. See if I get a dime. <laughs> oh, oh. Or, you know, I, I think I might hold up one that says absolution for your white guilt. 15 yeah. bucks or you know make it like yeah. 20 bucks man just it's to Asheville. see you have to use a simpler word uh. yeah yeah <laughs> well there is that now before we forget you know there's no we're not following any rules here y'all so it comes out as it comes out remember this episode is brought to you by hickory ridge soaps you can find it at two old crows homestead dot or two old crows.com yeah they got some other products on there they were out at the uh, festival also we'll get into Turn that. that mangy man into a sexy beast bam that's <laughs> what i'm talking about what i'm gonna start doing what joel does over at kill the mockingbirds Brah! That, that's not how that goes <laughs> i don't even know what he's doing but it sounds cool Brah! yeah hey y'all hope you didn't wreck man nobody's firing at you <laughs> It's something it like did. that. It sounded so far from any kind of gun that exists in this planet. <laughs> well, farm news, we're going to, we had a little bit of a tragedy while we were gone. And it's like every single time I leave, oh, yeah. man, we, there's some calamity that unfolds and man, what this is especially tough because it happened with your mom, you know, Opal, her dog that I got her when she graduated college years ago, I got her this dog and, uh, it was a yellow lab, and she's been she was bad every, every single day single of her day life. Every single day of her life, she was just plotting. Yeah, this dog was all about her grub, and for a while there, Michelle had overfed her, but she was her puppy, and she loved her a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we were gone, it was Sunday. What was it, Sunday? Yeah, I think it was Sunday. Yeah, I think um, it was Sunday morning. Yeah, so Opal, uh, just basically her back end couldn't move. So Michelle, by herself, 
she could have gotten help. She could have gotten help from, you know, Emily or Kendra here, but she didn't. And she brought Opal, or we called her Opie. And we, he, she brought her in and, you know, Opie is down there buried with uh, some of the anim- other animals. But, you know, that's that's some of the realities of farm life, y'all. And for somebody like her, it's especially tough because she's extremely tender when it comes to animals. Right, yeah. I mean, she could pull the trigger on a person, man. But Yeah, she could easily pull the trigger on a person trying to hurt her animals. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, to the person that ever thought about that. You think that Great Pyrenees is a problem. For example, there was a bunny just destroying her garden. And it was it was an area that wasn't even close to any kind of bone sauce or anything like that. And I asked her if she wanted me to shoot the bunny. And she immediately got upset with me for even suggesting something like shooting that bunny. Man, it doesn't help when you call it a bunny. Call but, it a rabbit. But hint that there's a coyote looking at her sheep. Blast them all, man! She Kill them all. Old Testament. I'm telling Genocide. you, y'all. I mean, she would be going out there. She, I mean, honestly, you put a sword in her hair, man. She would be reenacting. Oh yeah, Elijah and the prophets of Baal up in there, yep. man. I mean, no two ways about that. But <laughs> you know, hey, y'all, offer your prayers up, please, because um, you know it's it's tough for her, and she's over the next several days. Um, it's going to be tough, just like it is for everybody else out there who's lost an animal. So, right. um, and the, I mean, she's had this animal for a long time too. Yeah, yeah. So it's, um, yeah. So Opie was, um, she was loved very much by her, and yeah. she will be missed. So, with that said, we're going to move into some of the world news, and I want to hit on to something that's kind of important. Well, at least you were laughing at the beginning. Well, you know, you might you might just laugh at some of this because honestly, we need almost some gallows humor with what's going on. I mean, right now they're talking about all this stuff going down. But up, before we get into that, son, because we're not going to spend a lot of time on it, y'all. We're not going to just continuously cover the things you already know and heard about. Things are on a knife's edge. We all know that. And But I want to hit, because we covered it kind of in that, well, not in the last condensed version of a podcast, um, because we told you we were going to get yeah. it out twice a week, y'all. So we did what we could, um, you know, but it was honest. I mean, it's true and it, it is what it is. So um, here we are back at the. Uh, I'd rather do that than than put out one that we had saved back for like six months or something like that. Man, something completely outdated. Yeah, I, that's something I really don't want to do. You know, as a, as a former person in radio, one of the things that would always burn me up. And I know a lot of people out there feel the same way is when you have canned it's one thing if you saved up an interview for a particular time or you couldn't, you had to sit on it for whatever, you know, th- those things happen. But if w- there is any possible way for us to put out a real broadcast, I don't want to ever do a rebroadcast. I don't, which is why we put the interviews up, not as like a, a substitution, like a substitution or anything, but as a, just an extra episode. And the reason behind that is if you want to listen to the interview, just as a podcast format, you can do so. I mean, it's not like it's a, you don't really have to watch the interviews. You know no, what I mean? no, no, you don't. It's, um, it's on there. It's not a substitute. It's not a supplement. Look, y'all, we're going to do the best we can to put out the best we can at least twice a week. And Tuesday, Thursday, is that what we're looking for? Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday and Thursday. That's when we're going to put them out. And then maybe in the future, as this thing grows, maybe we'll put out more. But uh, judging by a lot of the response, and well, by the way, this might be our only, <laughs> yeah, our only way to communicate with y'all. It might be or freesteading.com. Don't forget about that. Oh yeah, that's linked in the description notes, right? Or the show notes. Yeah. So I'm hoping that as you know, as we go through this sort of thing, that we're gonna we're gonna need other avenues to communicate. I mean, I, I don't need to tell everybody out there what's going on in the world, but I the thing I want to hit on. 
Remember all those prognosticators of doom. Prognosticators of doom that told you September 23rd, it's all going down. Then there were some saying September 24th, all going down. Then September 25th, it's all going down, and they were 100% sure of it. Now, the only guy who made these predictions, he was on the Hagman and Hagman report. I don't recall his name. Um, it was it was a while back, but yeah, every the I only can't... one that seems to be on point, and William's looking it up right now, but the only one that has been on point as far as his prognostications have been this guy that was um, – it was funny that all these collapses and everything else fall hand in hand with the uh, holy uh, high days. I'll link it in the show notes. Yeah, so you can check it out. And folks, just, hey, I mean, if you're going to listen to that one, just hold on to your hat. I'm not saying he's right. I'm saying he's the only one that's been right so far, and he may be still wrong. But he also gives you a like a, a set of criteria that has to happen before a collapse. Right. Did you ever find his name? Um, I'm, I'm looking it up right okay. now. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, all these other ones, it was funny because if you were to ask somebody, okay, well, what specifically is supposed to happen on the 23rd or 24th? Nobody could tell you, but they created all this idiotic fear. And I think there were probably a number of people that didn't even go to the back to the land festival because they were listening to these people. Um, there's a lot of folks out there putting out awful news. Y'all, you gotta quit listening to them. Um, I'm not saying at some point I know. I can give you all the historical examples. Aaron Brickman. What date was that show? Uh, that was... Um, uh, shoot. Well, you're going to link it down below, so we yeah. don't have any dead air. No. Um, yeah, everything will be linked down below. All right, so... Yeah, basically, this is that the only... August 25th. Okay, so this guy so far, um, he's been the only one that seems to be on target. And he's saying that by October, I want to say 22nd, that it'll all be over with. And he provides some astonishing historical examples, even brings in the fourth turning by Strauss and Howe. It'll be all, all be over with if. If. Yeah. Yeah. If, if. if the criteria is met. Right. So I'm not, look, I'm not hanging and then my hat also, on. Well, one thing he did say was that keep an eye out if the euro, like, just like forget everything else he said. If the euro falls, U.S. dollar has two weeks. Yeah. Within two weeks. Yeah, so he's been the only one historically that has been correct. But we're seeing all these other people claiming to be prophets, some of them. Or, you know, these people, I don't know if they're charlatans. I don't know what they are. But when it comes down to brass tacks, when we look at all this stuff, I would not hang my hat. And don't don't not go to the festivals or whatever it else, or a kid's ball game or anything else you have planned because of this stuff, look, you should always have one foot in the preparedness anyway. So if you're going anywhere, you need to be thinking about how you're going to get out of there. That might include a bug out bag. Yeah. And there's worse places to get stuck if you do. <laughs> yeah. So like, okay, for example, what we got coming up, we're going to talk about if you got to be stuck somewhere, you know, at, I'll put it this way. Let's say things were to jump off and we were at that festival. You know, I sat there and I thought about it. I didn't say it to another soul until this moment right now. If we were at that festival, and things got stupid. Let's just say whatever it was, I could not think of a better group of people I would like to be. I mean, granted, I yeah. would love to be home at my right. own home. Yeah, that would be option A. Right. But if you had to be. But until you get home. Right. If I had to be stuck somewhere, boy, that'd be a tough place to get out of there, man. No GPS, no yeah. nothing. You better, be, you better have a map and a compass, bro, because <laughs> getting in and out of that place was. If your GPS wasn't working, yeah. man, you were going to have a bond. Yeah. But, um. Thinking about it, though, 
if you had to be stuck somewhere and let's say things were to jump off, that would not have been a bad place to be. No, no, not at all. Especially with that group of people. So yeah. we're going to, that's actually going to be the topic today, y'all. But I wanted to hit on that in the most massive way is that everybody is on pins and needles and there are people, COINTELPRO, whatever the case may be, and it is their job to sow these seeds of fear. And part of it only works because you're believing that it's going to happen. Like, if that makes sense. I don't know if that, com- that comes across clearly. But part of it is is the expectation of you to have the response of fear. To have the response of shutting down. Like, okay, this whole example we had with COVID. The only reason anything got shut down is because we allowed it. Is because we we had the fear response and allowed everything to shut down right. or to everything to stop. So we have complete control over this. Well, we both know of somebody that when you govern, um, okay, I'll give you a prime example. When you have a permaculture designer, when you're desti- designing your homestead and thinking things out, you want to be as dispassionate as possible. You want to bring in some other people to look at it because it's nearly impossible unless you've done this for a very long time. Even then, it might be impossible for you to objectively look at what you have and make good decisions. But out of emotions and out of fear, because honestly, how many gardens have you seen being put in zone three that should be in zone one just because somebody's afraid of snakes? Or you set your garden back out of fear because you think you're going to lose all your uh, potatoes to whatever potato bugs and you start spraying uh, herbicides and pesticides all over everything because you, and that's a response out of fear not realizing you're still going to have potatoes because you only had a week left of harvest when they came in well yeah there's that but honestly all these things that we're governing or how many people have jabbers remorse i mean i guess i just coined that well, term you know and you how many gotta, have have jabbers remorse denial well there is that yeah, yeah. In fact, we had you know quite a few discussions on that very thing. But honestly, folks, when they the powers that shouldn't be are counting on the fact that they are scaring you out of your mind, and when you are, you're going to fall for anything. So remember, we're not given a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. So whenever these things happen, whatever whatever is going to happen, that's part of why we have one foot in preparedness. Because at the end of the day, you should have somewhat prepared like i remember that stupid doomsday preppers show i'm preparing Mm -hmm. for a whatever i'm preparing you know and i'm sure they put these people up to it but if you're preparing for anything prepare for an emp but if you're preparing you're not going to go on a discovery channel show either (laughs) well you're not if you're not seriously preparing you're not going to do that yeah but look at the end of the day um i keep saying that a lot at the end of the day i need to quit saying that i need to find something else to say but at the beginning of the day yeah that's right put your get your house in order jack because i'm not kidding you when i say um everything is falling apart it is we're doing in just over 200 years what it took the roman empire two millennia to get accomplished okay look at shumpter's rome you can go to lourockwell.com it's been years since i read this but every it shows how relevant it is. Every single thing the Roman Empire did, we're doing. We're just doing it much, much faster. You know, first you had the Etruscans. Then you had the Roman kings. Then you had the Roman Republic. Then you had the Roman Empire. And then you have a collapse. So all these things are a cycle. And they're happening over and over and over again. And we're doing it. Maybe technology's helping out. But honestly, we have a public that's depraved. And sadly, the only cure for any depravity is always going to be the crucible of really hard times. So when we get 
when we get all this stuff and we put it together, we know it's falling apart. But like you said, honestly, son, you, you raised a lot of eyebrows when you gave that example. When somebody asked at the uh, last festival if everybody oh, was yeah. fearful, what was your response to everybody? Well, if you're playing if you're playing poker with somebody and you're about to win and they get mad and flip the table over and knock all the chips on the ground right before you win, right before they're about to lose, then it's I mean everybody's you have the opportunity to pick up all the chips and win. You have the opportunity to completely take over. We have that same opportunity right now. If all the chips are on the ground, we can pick everything up and completely conquer and own this. Well, that's really you're not going to do any of that with fear. And that's exactly what they're selling right now. Like with this thing going on with Russia, I'm not going to spend much time on it. But look, every single day you hear more prognosticators of doom. In fact, some of the very same people that said everything was falling apart on these other days. Well, we were out of town those days. You know, everybody's calling calling Americans like colonizers and stuff like that. You know, that term that's being thrown around. Let's maybe that's a prediction. Let's conquer it back. Well, <laughs> let's conquer it. Maybe it's a prediction. Well, every place on earth it was colonized to some extent or another. Don't make me go into my history book on that one. <laughs> I think I could provide, you know, a pretty impressive list of places that to some extent or another, you know, the lines of or the the what held it what held that ground has changed. I mean, if you doubt me, just read the Old Testament. How many times has a parcel of land been taken and retaken, then lost, then retaken and retaken and then lost? You know, you're always gaining ground and you're always losing it. So all we need to do, like William is saying, is that regardless of what happens, get your house in order. I don't care if you live in an apartment, whether you live in, um, you know, in the city, you ought to be trying to look your, you know, to get your way out of those places. But if you can't, you might want to think about forging some friendships. And at some of these festivals is exactly the place to do it. When we come back, we're going to be talking about that very thing. Want to get into that language? Going right to left like a manga, then left to right day in language. My fur lies a little different. Yours don't make me better than you, though. Cause it took me time to see the truth, to see the end game like a Russo. But that don't mean a bad thing, cause when we come together, indestructible. All right, that's the latest one from Van Tesla, and we had a little something to do with that. It's called photosynthesis, and uh, yeah, it's by Joel and Sh- is it Sean or Quan. is it it's Quan? Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So um, Van Tesla, you know, we uh, commissioned a song from them to a certain extent, and uh, it's kind of cool, man, to sit here and say, okay, hey, artist, uh, here's what I'd like to see, and then kind of leave it up to them to see how they interpret it. And looks like um, looks like we got another little collaboration coming up in the future. So I'm looking forward to that. That'll be cool. And it's going to be more of a bluegrass type thing, which is really the kind of music I love more than anything. Yeah, it's kind of cool that, like, uh, Joel, he kind of touches all the genres. Like, they have that one country song, 30 min- or thirty Hours of Utah. That's better than any country song on the radio right now. I guess now. I haven't heard that one yet. Yeah. Is that new? New-ish. Yeah, newer song. Okay, yeah. I-, I didn't know they... It has to do with their trip down to... Not Skinwalker Ranch. Wait, I think I did hear that. It's the one right in the property next to it. Yeah, it must have been some kind of country fusion. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. So we're getting into it. Um, we've kind of touched on this subject before, but given what's going on right now, and we were discussing, you know, no matter where you live, you need to be forming community. Now, I know a lot of people are tuning out at this point. Some are tuning in. Or you're listening a little bit harder as you're driving down the road right now. 
Whatever the case. Or, or the husband is agreeing and the wife is disagreeing or vice versa. It could be all that. But when we get down to it, y'all, this is why we go to a lot of these festivals. Um, a lot of people are wondering, okay, is it worth my time? Should I even go? Is it even, I'm telling you what, the exchange of ideas that happens there is astonishing. For example, um, there was a doctor, and I know he wishes to remain nameless right now, right. but there was a doctor. Didn't know he was a doctor. He and his wife were there. They were wonderful people. And honestly, man, I really love his, uh, I tried to talk him into doing a YouTube channel. He ought to do a podcast. Hopefully he's yeah, listening he really out should. there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so this doctor, um, I didn't really get to interact with him much that first day. And then on the second, um, Anne of all trades, and I'll talk about her in a minute. She was there. She was, she ended up showing up a little bit late because they saw a dog that was hurt. She went over, tried to help the dog got bit and still showed up, but she had showed yeah. up a little bit late. She was bleeding <laughs> and everything got there. I mean, that girl, she, there's a lot about her that reminds me of Michelle. Um, she gets there and after she got done doing her talk and to her credit, Good night, man. She was really, this is not her forte, you know, public speaking. She was afraid and had this massive, uh, I mean, this thing with the dog was just awful. Yeah. And then got lost. Well, I can't, I, <laughs> well, yeah, I, can, I mean, understandably. Yeah, I can definitely yeah. <laughs> understand that part. Well, you know, they put the Q and a a little bit further ahead in the, uh, program schedule. And so she got there and after it was all said and done, the doctor went up and says, Hey, I'm a physician, you know, you know, trying to look after and do the doctor thing. Well, later on the next day, this was day one, I believe. The following day, he comes up and talks about the Comfrey Sav, and this is an MD. And uh, he got a real laugh when I said, you mean medical deity or something like that? And uh, he got a laugh, and then he started telling me about this story that he had run into. Anyway, he tells me that this Comfrey Sav, he used it on his wife's, I want to say it was psoriasis or eczema, eczema, eczema whatever the case was. was, and how she had real positive results and how he was thinking about making some to use in his practice. And I'm like, man, how awesome a confirmation is that for the product? Yeah. And there was a lot He's of other a, people buying it, you know, and when her finger was messed up, uh, we were over on the side. I said, Hey, I got this comfrey salve that my wife makes yeah. and bam, she was following me over there. And, um, you know, honestly it was, Ann, it was Justin, it was us. It was hacks for the homesteader. It was Garen at grumpy acres along with his wife. And we were all there. It was um, well. I mean, it was Daniel, Matt and Gabby. It was Matt, Daniel. It, I mean, there were so just, many people, and so many people. We found out a lady just down the street from us in Weaverville. Yeah. Shout out! Yeah, um, she came all the way to that festival just to just to meet us, and we live, you know, just the town over. Right, but the the thing that floors me, y'all, the reason why you have got to get out there, and I know some people are thinking, well, I can't go. I'm afraid. You know, this is like always. Sometimes on purpose, sometimes not on purpose. Look, we weave a tapestry with this show. And what we're trying to communicate here is that you will be, you will be absolutely dumbstruck when you go to these things and you find out how many people are just like you and in exactly the same situation. The only people that are disappointed that went to these festivals are the ones that didn't talk to anybody. Yeah. And that's a real problem with these yeah. things because after Anne, if you when I say Anne, y'all, I'm talking about Anne of all trades. Um, she was there, and honestly, I've been a big fan of hers for years, and so is your mom. I yeah. mean, it was the because, same here. I mean, I learned my first introduction to spoon carving was Anne. Now I failed to mention that to her, but I went up to her, 
And I told her, I said, um, you know, there's not a whole lot of hero worship that I do, but she was one of the people. I talk about Joel Salatin and how he's changed my life and all the other people, but Joel especially. But in addition to that, uh, she's also been life-changing for us as well because it was because yeah. of her that your mom got the confidence to actually – I, I'm. It, she got the confidence to be able to go to welding school, right. um, and use some of the GI Bill money for that. And Anne has blazed a path for so many people out there. And sadly, I think there were a lot of people that really didn't know who she was. Yeah, not not at that festival. I don't think they knew who Anne of all trades was. No, because I, which I was disappointing because she does so many amazing, like learns so many di- different. Uh, just crafts and skills and was surprised actually she didn't have that hammer that justin gave her yeah that's funny yeah. because soon it was soon as it was all over i went to daniel um was it I, a bushing hammer well what's what daniel's is? last name they, amic amic man i can never remember or remember how to pronounce their name it was at their farm daniel amic you check him out on where was it uh he has a presence is it uh instagram instagram yep. and it's and it's linked in the latest video so check him out, y'all. He's a astonishing guy, incredible musician. Um, man, they were really, I mean, they were playing some bluegrass, and we had to get going because we had a little, uh, we were planning some little soiree back at our place. It had already been in the works. We weren't trying to drag people away from the festival. Um, it was just, um, we had this it's giant like Airbnb. Yeah, that was the, of all the places I've been this year, of all the places I've stayed this year, that was the nicest place I've stayed. That was hands down the best. I mean, this thing had to be on about 10 acres, three ponds. We're going to get that thing lined up for next time. It used to be a fish hatchery. Yeah, it is it is really, really something else. But the point I'm getting at, I'll, I'll tell that story about Ann and Justin here in a minute, but the point I'm really getting at, y'all, the thing I really want to convey is I got to meet somebody that I had looked up to for the longest time for what she's done for so many women out there. And she's one of those unsung heroes in this place. Well, yeah, all the way around, but there were so many awesome uh, ladies up there too. Um, I wish, I mean, good night. I wish I could remember them all, but it wasn't just the ladies. It was the guys. It was all of us. And we had this exchange of ideas that have given me, I'm walking out of there and I'm going up to Matt and Gabby and I'm saying, look, Based on one, what one of the other speakers said, I really think we ought to collaborate on this. I don't want to say what it is right. because, you know, there are yeah. those out there that will take your ideas. Um, but I did that. And then also this other collaboration. And mm-hmm. then there's something else that's going to happen that we can't discuss that only yeah. you and I know about. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a big surprise, at least for us. And uh, anyway, I, that's as far as I'm going to go with that. But we'll talk about it later in the week. You, you'll find out. Yeah. yeah. Eventually, you're, you're going to find out probably through YouTube, hopefully yeah. even through podcasts, because... Uh, Anyway, it was cool to meet Ann, and then as soon as she was done, I told Daniel, who knows her, he's friends with her, and I said, hey, is there any way you could put me in front of her? Because I thought, she doesn't know who I am, right? and I'm thinking, she's going to get mobbed when this is all said and done, but if Daniel can kind of make the introductions, maybe I can just get her over here, right. Being having watched her channel for a long time now. I'm thinking, man, she is going to lose her mind if she ever gets to meet Justin Metcalf. Yeah. And she did. And she did, yeah. And she did. We get her over there. and She um, wasn't trying to talk to anybody. No, else. there wasn't. I mean, it was like nobody else on this planet existed. When she Except saw that. Justin in his brand new mill. When he had that mill kicking, um, and I knew that it would be the star of the show. I yep. mean, it's not every day you see something like this. Justin was a little nervous at first, and then when he got his sea legs, man, and then He's realizing, or at least I hope he has, because he's so doggone modest. Anne is over there, and she has no idea that she's talking to, like, you know, 
Talk to a guy that's extraordinarily rare. How long? How long did it take for us to realize who who he was? I know <laughs> before we found out who who he was, and he is known everywhere. Yeah, when anybody who mills grain knows who Justin is, if they live on this half of the United States. Well, the cool thing is, is Anne with all of her trades, you know, it was kind of cool that she came across us. Because now mm-hmm. she's like, oh, man, we were talking about it. It was funny because at some point she was like, man, we were talking about a food force. And also, um, I wanted to put a grist mill in here. And I run into both of you guys. And you're telling me your neighbors. She says, I'm, I want to come out and visit. She already, yeah. I mean, she didn't even ask. She's like, I'll be on the first thing out that way. And I'm like, okay, we'll work it out. Yeah. So, I mean, this is somebody that I've, I, honestly, I've had the greatest admiration for her. But it was not, a, not only cool to meet her, but so cool to meet all the other people out there. And we were forging. And like William said, it's almost like a reunion. It, well, it becomes a reunion. Like, really and does. then it becomes like a, almost like a, um, Oh, what are those groups that you, be, you join and the, like, you all make sure you're doing what you're saying you're going to do. Yeah. It's like uh, an accountability. Yeah. Kind of like group. an accountability type group. They're like, okay. So for the last, uh, self-reliance festival, there was that, what was that guy? He moved down here for, it was either Minnesota or Michigan. He was looking for land at the Travis. last, Travis. He was looking for land at the last uh, self-reliance festival, I think. Came to the back to the land festival just now. And now he's got, he's got land uh, out near John. Yeah. And the cool thing about, okay, he's another one. Yeah. Man, he hooked me up with my favorite f- fruit, a pear. And if he's listening, man, I can't thank you enough, Travis. I mean, I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing him also at the next one. <laughs> I saw him before. He's been he, coveting that pear. Well, he's <laughs> been, yeah, that thing. I'm gonna let that sucker ripen up, and it's on. And I gotta beat. I gotta beat Emily to it. But um, <laughs> I'll, let her know. I'll, I'll, I'll split it. I'll cut it in half for her. But um, you know, he's out there, and I've seen him before. And then the cool thing is, you may not always put a name to a face when you see these folks, but you right. see them regularly, and then you remember them. So now I remember because he goes by a different handle online. I'm I'm better at remembering what they do. Like what the, not like what they do for work, but like what project they're working on or what like we discussed or what we uh like discussed last time and stuff like that. Well, that's that's what I'm better. I'm really bad at remembering names. And guys, if I if you come up to me and I don't remember your name, I apologize. I'm really bad at remembering names, but I remember you. Yeah, well, I remember also um, not only what they do, but I try to remember the names because honestly, man, if you were, it's just tough, man, because we're coming across a, hundreds of people. And unless I see you several times, I'm not going to remember your name. So please forgive me for that. But don't think for a moment that we don't care because honestly, it is a joy to realize. Now I'm going back to that apartment thing. I'm going back to that neighborhood thing. Here's what I'm getting at y'all. Here's a tapestry. I'm re I'm weaving. Check it out. At least you're not painting it anymore. If you're, if you're, if you're in one of those places where you find yourself um, restricted, let's say in an apartment, maybe you're in a neighborhood that's, you know, everybody lives a little close. You might want to go to these things. You know why? Because there are tons of people out there looking for somebody like you. Maybe you need a bug out place and you find it. You bring a skill. You got to look, folks, everybody at these things, by and large, most people are introverts. I'll be honest with you. Most homesteaders are introverts. But I promise you, you go up to anybody at any one of these festivals and say, well, what do you do? And you're going to find out they just became an extrovert because they are they just like you are in a place where they don't really know anybody else or maybe they've never been there before. But 
They would love to talk to somebody, but they don't know how to break the ice. In places like this, it's really easy. And dad's not talking about, like, whenever he's asking the question, what do you do? He's not asking, like, what do you do for work? He's asking, like, what project are you working on right now? Or what are you, like, pursuing? Or what are your, like... What are you planning on doing? Like, what are you planning on getting from this festival or something like that? Those yeah. are really good questions to be asked. I think a round table at one of these things would be really nice where, I, and I know uh, Matt and Gabby tried to do it at the last self-reliance fest or at the, um, at the, uh, back, back to, to the land, land festival. Um, it, it's helpful when people know that there's other people in their regions and then guess what? You know what? Maybe they have a property. They know that it's not defendable. They know that they need help. They know that maybe there's a skill, a critical skill they don't have that maybe you might offer. So if things jump off or they get so bad or things are just so tough, people are beating each other over the head for the groceries, whatever the case may be, you might have that option, but you're never going to find it sitting in the house. So check this out. There's a lot of people, and I'm noticing this in Tennessee, there's a lot of people with 300 acre plots. They need help with that land but they don't want to just invite anybody over. They, they need a heavy vetting process. If you keep going to these festivals and you keep talking to these people with these 300 plots and you're living in an apartment and you pass the vetting process, I mean, you might have access to that land. And I mean, you have to go through this vetting process. It's going to be laborious, but it has to be done and you to know make where, sure you're building a successful community. You know where it ain't going to happen? It's not going to happen online. That's right. I guarantee. Like there are... There are a bunch of businesses that hit us up through email that we've never heard of, we've never met, that like don't even get a response. No, I'll respond to them a lot of times. Sometimes I just delete the email, um, depending on if it looks like it's a scam or something. Yeah. I'm like, you know, thank you so much for considering us. But as I said before, I'm not going to advertise anything I don't know. I mean, if I haven't right. used it, I am not about to destroy my reputation because you offered me fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 to go promote something that yeah. I've never tried before. I don't, my reputation is worth a whole lot more to me than whatever you're offering. Or to, or to hijack a video of our YouTube channel. That, guarantee, I guarantee, will not get win any favors. No. Yeah. No, but at these, at these uh, folks, if you think you're going to listen to this podcast and you're going to go online and you're going to... I promise you, not only are they not going to accept you, or maybe they do, and maybe you accept them. It is a double-edged sword. You're probably going to find out that you're not a good fit. But when you're there and you're standing in front of each other, you're able to shake hands, um, that might be the first, let's call it a dating process, okay? So let's say you're at the festival, you meet, okay, first date. Now, all of a sudden, you exchange phone numbers. And you say, hey, uh, I'm going to be in the area, or maybe I won't be in the area, or maybe you're too far away, but we'll just be friends. Or, okay, you go to the next one, and then you find out, hey, there's somebody even closer. They need you, you need them. But it ain't ever going to happen unless you get off your duff and go to these things. All right, guys. If you guys are getting numbers at festivals, here's what you do. You wait till, okay, so the, there are resources you can access and look up information on, especially if you're completely 100% game deficient. It is not a permanent disorder. You can be fixed. So, you, so, so you're, talk, you're so, addressing the people that suffer with game deficiency yes, syndrome? Yes, you can be fixed. This The whole topic of this podcast just changed. No, no, it's on point, but go ahead and hit it. All right, permaculture is a big umbrella. So if you go to this festival and you get some numbers from, I'm talking about guys, if you go and get some numbers from girls, text them the day or two after the festival. I know you're thinking, oh, I'm supposed to wait two weeks and all that stuff. That's old advice. People's attention spans have changed. Do it the day before, the day after. And they just met a whole lot of new people. 
chances are that they don't probably probably don't remember you and it might not be a bad idea if uh, you sent like a picture from the event or or something like that, something that would jog their memory and like who you were. So do that. Ask them if they're going to the next event. Like the Self-Reliance Festival happens every three months. Back to the Land happens every year. Ask them if they're going to whatever event. And then depending on their response, you should get a good barometer of whether or not they're even interested in continuing this conversation with you or if they're being friendly or if they're actually interested um, for that, you'll have to look at uh, other resources. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because there were a number of single people out there that were looking for somebody else. I mean, yeah, there was a, I mean, I, I knew of one, I knew of two, maybe um, there were several people out there that are not only lonely, but they're also, I mean, I'm glad you hit on that son, because it's not just, um, Hey, getting help for the farm or whatever else, or things jump off and I need another set of hands out here or whatever that case may be. There are a fair number of people out there looking for, they come out there single companionship yeah. or, you know, whatever the case may be, husband ran off with a go-go dancer. It doesn't even matter. Whatever the case may be, there's other people looking for other, if nothing else, you're looking for community. And it's also a deeply, you know, like back to uh, basics, um, you see them and they're just fantastic yeah. people. They got a yeah. wonderful YouTube channel, wonderful family. Got to meet some of them the last that time I saw them. B2B Homestead. B2B you can Homestead find them on, on YouTube. Homestead or YouTube and uh, Instagram. Yeah, we see them every time and it's always a joy to see them. And it's a joy to see so many people, but it's always like a like a reunion. And it's sad because yeah. you, you don't want to wait till next year. And in fact, at the events, we always leave late. We always leave hours later than we should have, and then we end up driving in the dark <laughs> yeah. through mountains. That's not fun. No, <laughs> that last tenth the of the, tra- the the uh, trip is not fun. <laughs> no, you're you're driving back, and the reason why is because you're like you're you're in such wonderful, fantastic company of people that you don't see every day that you never you don't want it to stop. You know, yeah. it, it's what it is. All of us have to get home, but I'm hope that's what I do love about self reliance is that it happens every three months. Yep. So some of these other festivals, I even talked to Daniel about it, uh, thinking, hey, man, does it really have to be so long? Can we have other events? And it looks like he's already ahead of all that, and he's looking at doing it. Well, there are events that occurs like at specific seasons. So it would make sense to have like seasonal festivals, like season-specific festivals. Well, that's where I'm kind of thinking, I don't want to go too far afield here, but that's why I'm thinking, you know, we made a lot of commitments that, you know, we're going to fulfill, but we're really going to ease yeah. on back when we feel these commitments. That was suggestions for y'all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So when we feel these commitments, we're going to ease way back on uh, how many we're going to, and we're going to try to be a little bit more deliberate. So self-reliance and back to, uh, back to the land festival is definitely a must. I mean, it's, right. it was such a joy to be there. It was so well done. Um, so many options, but honestly, I don't care. The potluck was cool. Everything was great. Um, got some of that pork belly candy from two old crows yeah. homestead. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Randy. Yeah. Thanks, Shelly. And once again, every single time we turn every around, Shelly's saving my bacon, her and Randy. Can't even tell you why this time, but she did. No, that, no, Randy did because he oh, knew I yeah. wasn't going to get any of that pork <laughs> yeah. belly candy. He did put a bowl aside for you. <laughs> dude, no, he went up there and got it. Randy yeah. jumped to the front of the line. <laughs> it was like, dude, I. It, he saw me over here, dude. It was messed up what happened. He goes to the front of the line. And he sees me at the very back of it. My man Randy, the two old crows homestead, goes up there. He knew I was jonesing for these pork belly candy, but I was, you know, I was talking a lot. And uh, 
He goes over there, cuts the line, gets up there, gets me some, brings it back. I was in the middle of a conversation with this lady. Man, I don't even remember what she said. I'm sorry. Man. I'm sorry. I'm in the middle of that. Man, it was like a, a <laughs> light came down from on high. And when he brought that over to me, man, I was digging through that thing like a monkey through a cupcake. They raised that port. Yeah, it was awesome. They you raised it. it. That, was, that was one of the first pigs. Yeah. Um, wow. Oh, also Ty. We need to talk about Ty. Yeah, yeah. What's yeah. his What's his uh, YouTube channel? R and L Homestead. The and go. sign. It's the and sign. R and sign L Homestead. Yeah, he's a twelve year old homesteader. He's out there. He's got what was it? it? He's got more animals than we do, and he's out there running them by himself because his parents have full time jobs. That so, kid. It goes to show you that you know, from a historical standpoint, and I want to be careful that we don't go too sideways here. Yeah. But you know, up until John Taylor Gatto talked about this quite a bit. There was never the word adolescence did not exist until about 80 to a hundred years ago. And you were a boy until you were a man. You were a girl until you were a woman. There was no adolescence. So what do we have now? You have guys that know the price of everything and the value of nothing. They could tell you every football score, every stat out there. You, now we have girls who know everything about the Kardashians and all this, but they know nothing that is worthwhile. So they live, they grow up in this environment, and then look look around you, folks. You know I'm right. You're probably in your cubicle right now at work. Look around you, and the only thing they can talk about is what happened are things that really don't matter. So they stay in this lifelong adolescence. And when you see a kid like him or the little girl, you, uh, Ariella. Yeah. Ariella. Yeah. And that's, uh, Tina and, Honey, uh, honeysuckle homestead. Yeah. yeah. Tina and Chris, boy, it was real, man. Chris saved my bacon out there helping out with the, uh, chicken processing, man. He's a good teacher. Yeah, he is, man. Yeah, he but, has a good, he has a knack for it. Yeah, he does. I mean, it, it was really a joy. He just jumped. I asked if he could help. Man, without even thinking about it, Chris jumped in. Yeah. So, I mean, they are wonderful people as well. They're talking about doing events at their place. But also, folks, remember, at these events, go to the one resource we have where you can find out all this stuff. Check out freesteading.com. Well, also, talking about these kids, I don't think that's off topic for community at all, no, building community, isn't. because it is good point. your foundation for your community. If you're raising nincompoops, if you're raising a bunch of marchies, we're screwed. Man, I don't even know what to say to that, man, because you hit this in an angle I didn't even think about. Your kids and a lot of you people that are listening, I know not everybody can do the homeschool thing. Maybe you're a single dad, single mom, and you just can't manage it. I understand that. But if you want to get them, because honestly, these homeschool kids that are out there, they are doing astonishing things. They're doing incredible work. They're learning real skills. If you want to take your kids out there, there was uh, a there was a couple of young ladies. They were older. I want to say they were right. in their twenties. Yeah, and uh, they were asking like, where do they go to find this community? Yeah, I mean, people are actively looking for this community, but you're not going to find it unless you go to these unless you go to where these people congregate, or you're sick and tired of going to like like a particular church, you know, where it's like us. So many churches we had been to in the past where they turn out to be not you know, praise and worship. It's all about a social suck up session. And the first thing they ask you when you come in the door, what do you do? Every guy asks me, what do you do? And then I always answer, well, pretty much whatever I want. And I never answer that question. I mean, Hey, a little tact on that. Ask, what do you do for a living? Or don't ask what you do for a living. Just ask, what do you do for fun? You know, Mm -hmm. you'll, if you're interested in those other things, it'll get in there. But when somebody asks me that, I always get the impression that they're qualifying 
as you know, am I going to be a net benefit to them? And they're doing it right off the bat. It's a, a sort of vetting process. So maybe not begin conversations that way. Um, really, when it comes to all this, son, um, I want to make sure I emphasize to the folks out there, whether it's your kids that need to interact with other kids and all of which has seem, I mean, have sense. Ariella, I mean, she's such a little sweetheart, man. She yeah. came up to me, gave me a biggest hug in the yeah, world. She is, she is sweet, man. She is. So we are on her homeschooling program. Really? Same as ties. Really? Yeah. How cool is that, man? Isn't but the parents, pressure. But you know, also, <laughs> yeah, it is, but also the parents, man. Um, I remember just as a little side note, y'all, I was in a rough spot a while back. I, we had, it wasn't long after the uh, last Back to the Land Festival, and I met Chris and Tina back there. That's Ariella's parents. And um, I remember I was at a, it was not long after that. They were teaching their own class, but I didn't know it. I was out running around. I had to deal with some idiots in uh, Asheville, and I was pretty upset. I mean, I was I, – and plus YouTube, as like then they are now, yeah. they're playing games with the numbers, and they're playing games. In fact, there's a little phenomenon going on right now right. where every homestead – that is doing real stuff nearly, not nearly. I'd say all, all the homesteads that we know that are doing real, real I checked, stuff. I checked last yeah. night. They're all being suppressed. Everybody. You're not going to tell me the holler homestead who has an incredibly loyal following. They're getting like 60 subscribers a day. You're not going to tell me that Danny and Wanda are getting 10 a day. You're not going to tell me, yeah. you know, all these people that are all of a sudden I've noticed that everybody who's really doing real stuff and teaching folks, all of a sudden, every last one of them are suppressed. But I was at one of those phases not long after we did that last. I think we might have been at 17,000 subscribers at the time, somewhere thereabout. And um, I remember at just the time, I remember I was going into a grocery store to pick up milk or something. I was driving back. I can tell you exactly where I was. She sends me this picture. It may have been a video of Chris, her husband, teaching his own class yep. on how to butcher a pig. And I was seriously thinking, man, this YouTube thing just ain't, it, it ain't working out, man. It, it, it ain't doing no good. Nobody's paying attention. Nobody cares. And then she sent that at exactly the time when I needed it. So I want to thank Tina and I want to thank Chris so much. Um, it, it was such a, you don't know what that meant to me to get that at the time. When I saw that and I'm thinking, why am I teaching this stuff? Well, nobody cares. Nobody wants to know anything. And, uh, you know, the ones that they're even promoting are the ones that are doing like reality show kind of stuff. Um, why am I even in this space? And then honestly, with that single thing that they did, honestly, it changed everything about my perspective. And guys, just just remember that any content creator in this kind of space that uh, you watch probably has had the same thought at some point. So really, I mean, your guys' uh, comments and your emails, they really do help. Yeah, they do. And I want to say, I wasn't thinking about quitting homesteading. No, it no, was no, just no. thinking about quitting YouTube and any kind of involvement and that sort of thing. So folks to kind of come full circle with all this, look, I know it's tough. I know there's a lot of people selling fear. I know things, money ain't real great and money ain't real tight, but if you're going to get these skills, you have got well, you don't necessarily have to go there. You can be an autodidact, and we teach you a lot that you can learn online. But right now, we got a class coming up. We got a guild class. I didn't say any of this as an advertisement for that. But if you want to know how to do that, you want to know how Swale works, well, we got that option if you want to go. We're going to be there. Michelle and I are going to teach the class. And yep. then, um, if you want to meet mom, 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Every every festival, people are asking, where's mom? Or they're not saying mom. Where's Michelle? Yeah. But to me, it's mom. Yeah. Well, she's going to be there at this one. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure how many. I think she's going to wet her beak, so to speak, at this one. Yeah. And I think she's going to realize that she's got more friends in this world because she's always had a hard time uh, connecting with a lot of, well, well, going back to what I was saying with the life, with the people with lifelong adolescence, no, she's never going to connect with those people. She just ain't, and she ain't going to pretend either. Right. And she ain't going to stick around long. But if you care about something of consequence, I guarantee no matter what it is, she's going to, she's going to find you interesting. All of us and the other people are going to find you interesting. So folks, when we come back, we're going to get down to it in our Q and A been confronted with so much crazy stuff we should be able to find the truth but they make it tough you think the news would tell you but most of that they've been making up for anyone who's good there's a john wilkes booth all the jedis lying dead while the sith grow roots and if you try to speak the truth they'll anthony bourdain you hang you and use suicide to explain you we don't all need to agree but how can you that is chris webby and i think that's raw thoughts for didn't we play that before yeah we played him before okay yeah. well i dig it man i'm Dude, I'm not. Yeah, there's very short segments that I can use of his song, so be be aware. Don't play him around your kids unless you do. Well, you know what? (laughs) You you want to? (laughs) You know what I just thought of? I was listening to Immortal Technique at a young age. Yeah, there was a reason for that too. But um, you know what I was just thinking? Um, it seems like there. I would love to see because my favorite genre of music, believe it or not, is like blues and bluegrass. Good, honest American music. I mean, things that it's my favorite genre, without a doubt. I would love, and I don't think I've ever heard it, I would love to see somebody have that kind of message in a bluegrass song or that kind of message in a blues song. Um, I don't know that I've ever heard anything like that before. Attention, Joe Bonamassa, get on the horn. I don't know that I know of anybody either. I can't think of... I can't think of anybody, but maybe we should try to find out. I'm sure somebody actually... There seems to be a huge uh, music fan base on Fountain App. Um, every time we play music, there's some sort of reference, like comment and reference music. Well, we're going to try to get through some of these comments, y'all. Some of the, um, I think we're getting so many of them that we're going to have to probably have a pimp cast where we discuss all this. We got this one right off from Chrissy. I recently discovered, okay, uh, let me get down to the real stuff. My question is, I mean, thank, I'm, it's not that I don't appreciate your response, Chrissy, or anybody else. I, I kind of have to condense it, you know, for brevity, brevity's sake in this podcast. Um, my question is for you. Uh, my husband and I are looking for a house with acreage to continue a homestead here in Michigan, north of Detroit suburbs. Most of the acreage is surrounded by large crop, large crop fields that I assume are mostly conventional. Do you think it's worth it to be out on land out here and brunt, bear the brunt of whatever they're applying to those fields? Just curious. Do you have any thoughts of that? Um, well, you can, you can look into riparian zones. Um, you know, my friends up in Kansas, man, they deal with that in the most massive way. Yeah. Um, you're going to, if you can look at ways to put a buffer between you and the people around you. And Mark Shepard has talked about that. He's written about it extensively in uh, his book, Restoration Agriculture. Um, my Also, my bigger concern is the atrazine that's almost certainly going to be in the water. So that's a concern. So... It, and it's like they're poisoning from every way imaginable. So do you get the water from the aquifer? Do you get it from a stream? Do you get it from the sky? All of which they've been messing with. So you might want to think about a distiller. Would it be possible to find some land maybe outside of a national park or nearby a national park? Because you know they're not going to be... I mean, there's other concerns with national parks. Definitely anoint your property. But are there any other like areas around there that you could 
maybe park near or maybe maybe public land or something yeah. like that or you know think about your growing zones up there are going to be a little more limited yeah so it might you know it's funny because uh there's other people that we talk that live up in that area that have actually yeah. bought land down in tennessee and they're one of the people or many of the people that we met that bought land in tennessee maybe 100 yep. 300 acres whatever the case may be there was a high freedom quotient around there but also there's going to be people spring there as well but you're going to find enclaves where you can make that happen. Or here's an idea. We could just buy out Camden. Man, that's what <laughs> I'm talking about. If enough of us just buy out Camden, yeah. we could start our own little country. Well, you could. I mean, <laughs> all you have to do is get enough people in there to change yeah. change everything about that municipality. I mean, yeah. that's really what's going to have to happen. I've been hearing that more and more about people doing it. But we're looking at maybe getting a Western Command out there as well. I love yeah. the mountains. So I ain't. We're not going anywhere permanently unless mm-hmm. we're pushed off of it. Which uh, you better come heavy, uh, you know. <laughs> I can't imagine that scenario. Yeah, you so, get pushed off. <laughs> well, you never know, man. I mean, we're yeah. dealing with some real lunatics out here. Yeah. Um, you got one too, right? Yeah, I've got a question from Australia. I'll leave your name out of it because you seem kind of nervous asking the question. Actually, you stated that you're pretty nervous asking the question. Um, she's asking. I apologize sincerely if my question is ignorant in some way, but I would rather go to the source and ask directly. It's about you and William referring to yourselves as pimps. Is there a deeper meaning behind that I'm missing? My own admittedly limited exposure to the word pimp has always been in reference to prostitution and sexual exploitation. There's a lot more to the email. She wanted to be clear that she is not trying to offend anybody. She's honest. She's a, uh, I think she's a mom that lives in uh, the middle-aged mom that lives in suburbia. Um, and she's just trying to figure out how to justify Yeah, I totally understand it. And it's not something, I mean, obviously she's not, uh, somebody in in America is actually going to get the reference a little more. So I'm going to spell this out again. So, because honestly, I think we're going to have to do this a couple of times or several times or many times all the way through this thing. So where it all began was, um, I won't go through the entire history, but we use the word pimp as an acronym. Now it's an awful word, admittedly. And I quit using it on YouTube, even though a lot of people thought it was funny. I wasn't worried about running off certain people. Um, The bigger concern was we were, it was just funny calling myself the permaculture pimp daddy. And even some, you know, some big people out there even thought it was funny, thought it was clever, thought it might even be attractive. Now, my bigger concern was if I did something like that, I would have to take that very awful word and church it up some kind of way by making an acronym out of it. And it just jumped out at me like permaculture is my passion. So that's why it's an acronym. That's the only way I could take a disgusting word like that, but also in this pot. So we got rid of it on YouTube. And part of the reason was, is I am an advocate in, uh, for saving children, primarily from child sex trafficking. And I want to talk more and more, hopefully in the future, get bare independent on here and talk about this sort of thing. Maybe even Craig, Craig Sawyer. But I'm thinking, okay, it's kind of hard to call myself the permaculture pimp daddy on YouTube when I'm out here raising money for veterans for child rescue and some of these other things. So I'm thinking also it was a gimmick that I didn't really need to use because our I really firmly believe that our information should stand alone. I shouldn't need a gimmick. Now, in the podcast realm, I'm expecting more people to be of a more of an adult nature uh, based on, in fact, based on our metrics, uh, well, yeah, exactly. it shows that they are. Yeah, there are absolutely zero children listening to our podcast. Well, I'm, I'm sure there's a few out there, but at the end of the day, we're, we're explaining, 
So I get this a lot. And there's been people that thought they were taking me to task on it. And the only reason we're doing it in the podcast is to differentiate ourselves from the others out there. I mean, let's be honest, y'all. We're the only ones using some um, 80s uh, funk to to do our music you know we're doing there's i don't think there's anything even close to what we're doing right now so we try to keep it entertaining we try to keep it informative but as far as that word goes yes i i totally agree it's an awful word but the only way i can do it and make it acceptable is by turning that awful word into a an acronym that's actually a little friendly but i also want to point out too that there have been several kids in the hood that i caught their attention by speaking the language i know they understand so with those kids in the hood, when I'm when I can say something that I know they're going to relate to, and they see somebody that looks like me, um, when I say the hood, you may not understand that reference in Australia. Basically, the ghetto. When I'm talking to when I'm talking to kids out there, I'm speaking a language that they might understand. And actually, there's been one one in particular that got himself out of Washington D.C. and is farming now, thanks to you know catching his attention with that. Yeah, yeah. We got another question from the Ellenders on the Fountain app. Uh, question taking over a former dairy and cattle farm in the new year, 75 acres and one to incorporate permaculture. What order would work to build out your zones? Thanks. And keep up the good work. Hashtag tip of pimp. <laughs> <laughs> well, always start with your zone from zone zero. Right. And always. also I, I want to make this very clear that this is going to be there. And it's made clear in the permaculture design manual as well that this is not going to be an overnight transition. This isn't even going to be a year transition, especially a 75-acre farm. This is going to be more likely like a a five-year, maybe seven-year transition from conventional methods to a permaculture farm, especially if you're acquiring a pre-existing farm that that you didn't build. Um, So just keep that in mind and start with your, I would say start with your uh, access first. Like fix up any access points that that might be an issue. Add the ones that you need to, um, and it's it's kind of hard to give you advice on it without having seen it. But for, first, work on your access, and then work on your water. Um, fix the water because no doubt it. I doubt that there's a clean pond on that farm if they've got seventy or seventy five acres with conventionally. Yeah, conventionally. So I would get those water areas fixed up. Make sure there's a riparian edge around your ponds. Um, and then figure out, see if you have enough elevation to, uh, gravity feed that to water your cows, get them on a rotation. Um, you, you probably have to thin your herd. You will probably have to thin, thin your herd. Well, there's a lot we can't even say without, without actually seeing it, but yeah. really when you're dealing from, but as far as those zones, always start with zone zero, always, if you can possibly help it. Now, when you have a, a certain amount of experience, like we have, there are times where we'll do things in zone three and then. Or your zones may fluctuate. In this case, since it is already an existing farm and there are animals and systems on the property, this is one of those times where I would disagree with that. I would say work on your access first, since you already have systems and animals there. Yep, no wrong answer there. Nope. All right, we got one from Reese. Um, it's it's lengthy, and we're running out of time, so I can't go through the whole thing. This will but be the was, last question. It was No, I think we can fit in one more after okay. this. He says in episode 20... Um, there was a question from Austin about current events and their relationship to the Bible. And you talked about it as if it needed to be a separate podcast or just a segment of the Pimpcast. I'd love to, uh, I'd love it if you could, if you had a segment dedicated to how Bible history, biblical history is repeating itself or prophecies are unfolding before I, before our eyes. He says it got saved back in 2019 and he's all about Jesus. No, you're right. Um, 
it's we're still trying to figure out our sea legs with some of this stuff. I'll be honest with you, Reese. Um, every chance I get, and especially it's always appropriate, at least where I'm coming from. Um, if there's some way I can overlay that in there, I certainly will. I make no bones about the fact. I make no bones about the fact that I am a blood bought soldier of Christ. Um, and I struggle with my walk just like everybody else. But I do find out that if I don't pray every single, and it goes that way with Michelle as well. If I don't pray, if I don't get on my knees, literally on my knees every single day, I usually do it on the front porch right after chores. If I don't pray every day and if I don't get into the Bible. Before you eat. Yeah. And I always do it before I eat. Um, I always try to do that in a fasted state. I make sure I do that in a fasted state. Um, if I don't do that, in fact, I won't even eat for the most part. I mean, there's times where I've made exceptions, but I won't even eat until I get that done. And if I don't do that, I mean, typically I don't eat my first meal until noon anyway. Um, really, but there's no way, no way I need to start that day without getting those things done. But I know that's really not entirely in reference to your question and everything, but as much as I can, we're trying to figure out exactly how to segment this thing. And I'm not going to run from the fact that, you know, Jesus is Lord to me. No. And also when we talk about those topics, I feel the need that we need to be very prepared and, uh, yeah, very prepared for those types of episodes because uh, the last thing I want to do is give any kind of, even accidentally gives any kind of inf- misinformation on that. Man, you said it all right there. I want to make absolutely sure, and hopefully in the future we can interview Pastor Lon uh, to talk, and then honestly maybe some other uh, people um, from that realm, maybe get it from another perspective, you know, just like we do with all things, you know, just like Proverbs says, you know, where you got a lot of, I'm loosely quoting it, but basically where you have a lot of counselors, there's going to be some wisdom in there. So you need to be seeking that wisdom from a number of different sources and getting a number of different perspectives. It's no different than your permaculture design. So, um, yeah, as far as working that out, man, I'm really not sure. And like William said, I want to be absolutely positively sure that I'm on point with that kind of information. I don't want to, I don't want to go into that willy nilly. Um, okay. We got another one from Tracy. Um, um, as to, she's asking, it's, it's lengthy. So folks, yeah. it, I got to break down what I can when you send in these emails. Um, I can't read it all. So don't be put out by that. I got to kind of get to the point here. Um, she's basically in the high, in the high desert. She says, as to your comfrey, we live in a high desert or, uh, to low n- mountain temperatures are in the high, uh, nineties to negative low, uh, to a low of negative five. Plant hardiness is 7A to 6B. Uh, soil needs a lot of love, and we're thinking about comfrey to help prepare the soil so we can cultivate the plant around our you know, our fruit trees. Will the comfrey tolerate this climate? Is it drought or heat tolerant? Yeah, once it's established, you just have to get it established. Now, you can either, well, I don't know exactly. Do you know where exactly she lives? Oh, it's in there. I want to say, well, it's a high altitude desert. Yeah. Well, that's what she said. Um, high desert to low mountain is what she's calling it. Yeah. So you're going to need to, uh, mulch very heavily and, uh, yeah, just get those plants established. And then once you get it established and once it's mulched heavily, uh, I would sheet mulch definitely. Um, uh, it should be good to go. Yeah. I'm, I'm also thinking, I know that given those temperatures, it ought to be just fine. But like you said, um, you may, what thing is I have very little experience with that kind of altitude in the high desert. 
So it's going to need some TLC, no doubt about that. But once it does take root, because we've grown this stuff in some pretty hostile circumstances and have neglected it, yeah. come back years later, and it's still doing fine. Yeah, you just have to get it established. It's a very, very hardy plant. Any any plant you can propagate with a tiller is a very hardy plant. Well, that's a good point there, yeah, because honestly, one of the methods is um, getting it out in the field. I think Eric Cider uh, even did it that way a time or two is run a rototiller over it, and believe me, it will absolutely yeah. propagate itself. I mean, yeah. you can't kill this stuff. And for the those that are wondering, the Bocking number 4 that we have, mm-hmm. it's it's not going to – I don't know who put this stuff out, but it doesn't spread unless you dig it up. Well, there are varieties that do spread, yeah. Yeah, uh, which are beneficial. Like if you're trying to get it established in pasture – well, it, it's a double-edged sword as always, you know, right. but some of these folks are thinking that that applies to Bocking number four based on some of the correspondence no. I've got. And it's not going to spread overnight either. It's not going to be something you just all of a sudden can't get a, get ahead of. Yeah. Well, folks, look, um, come full circle. That's all the questions we're going to hit today. We're going to, if you want to send them, send them to Billy at permapasturesfarm.com. Or the Fountain app. There you go. So remember, tip a pimp through Fountain. Check out, look, if you need anything we have, all the description for everything is down below. Well, it's not down below. It's in the description, right? <laughs> no, it's in the show notes. The show notes, <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's attached. Hey, y'all, also do us a favor. Um, fill out one of those things where you tell everybody a how review. we're doing. Yeah, a review or whatever <laughs> they call it these days. Yeah, do that because it lets other people know what we're up to. So if you enjoy, if you enjoy what we're doing, please do that. And let everybody know, because this might very well be in in the nature of what's going on. This may be the only way that we get out there. All right, y'all. So till next time, stay alert, stay alive.